0: Hello and welcome to the Monthly Megabyte Barometer. For those of you who don't know Megabyte, we're a technology research firm and we track the financial performance, corporate activity and strategic positioning of the leading software, ICT services and digital firms operating in the UK market. The aim of this show every month is that I take a look at all of the extensive research that the team at Megabyte has produced over the preceding month, try and pull together the key themes and strands within that research and try and help you understand what that means for the outlook. Uh, January was a very interesting month, and we'll get on to the detail of that during the show. Uh, Some good, some bad. Uh, But in terms of activity levels, it was a very busy month yet again for the team at Megabyte. Uh, The team produced over 200 individual articles and research reports based on trading updates, results, corporate transactions from within the sector, and had um, over 40 board-level conversations with the companies that we track to try and get underneath the the, the headlines and uh, and help you understand, help our subscribers understand what all of this kind of means for those companies. Um, it's just a selection of some of the companies the team has spoken to during January, Gamma Communications, Reward Gateway, Qualitest, MVF, Pulsant, Ideagen, Natillic, XLN, IDOX, Ergo, Coins, Invenio, Redwood, Learning Pool, FluidOne, and many, many more besides that. Um, I would also highlight in terms of research publication, the team have just published our quarterly uh, sector barometers available to subscribers, these are really detailed reports that look at the outlook across financial performance, corporate activity, valuations within the 50 or more um, technology sub-sectors that we look at at Megabyte. So if you're a subscriber, I strongly recommend you take a look at those on the platform. If you're not a subscriber and you think that those and actually all the other research that we provide might be of use to you, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Please get in touch by uh, going to megabyte.com, hit a request a demo button and uh, one of our customer team will be very happy to help you out. So here's a quick canter through the key takeaways from the Megabyte CEO Barometer this month. You probably don't need me to tell you that uh, January was a pretty horrible month for tech sector share prices and a pretty horrible month for markets in general. And uh, that was the case on both sides of the Atlantic with tech share prices down around 10%, in some cases more than 10%. Um, And interestingly, it was actually quite a quiet month for deal flow as well in the UK tech sector. Uh, We registered 86 deals on our platform, uh, uh, down from 94 in January 2021. And um, uh, that's actually the lowest amount of, of, of deals we've registered since August last year. So really quite a quiet month there was a particular softness in venture capital deal volumes. Interestingly, deal values were up massively, but mainly because, a hu- because of a huge round from uh, series D round from Checkout.com, 700 million. Actually, funds raised underneath that, if you exclude that deal, were actually down as well in VC and growth capital. Private equity re- continued to be quiet. Um, I think we're getting back to those sort of deal levels uh, that we saw pre-COVID, kind of eight to 10 deals a month. But um, Actually, only seven deals on our database during January. But what's really interesting is a really low level of of, uh, of, of management buyout volume in, in, the, in the UK tech sector. Uh, we actually only registered, we've actually only registered six MBOs in the sector over the last four months compared to three times that in the in the corresponding period last year. So interesting dynamic there, and I'll pu- I'll push into some of that detail as we go through the show. M and A was pretty steady, fifty deals registered on the database, up slightly on last year um and you know that's the kind of broadly the number of deals that we expect to see in the sector it has been a little bit higher than that interestingly a slightly quieter month for enterprise software but very busy in government and healthcare software and i'll talk through some of those deals from a capital markets perspective It was actually the first month since uh, this month last year that we haven't registered any IPOs on the megabyte database uh, in the London market. So that just is symptomatic of what I said at the end of the last show, which is that the IPO market was looking challenged anyway. But the the difficulties we've had uh, with share prices and investor sentiment during uh, January will make that worse, I think. And I'll talk about that when we get on to talk about capital markets. So looking at valuations, uh, yeah, capital markets valuations came down in line with the market. and um, We're seeing this continuing trend where the very highly rated halo stocks have come down very hard over the last six months. And for me, there are two kind of key questions as we go through 2022. And I'll look at these in more detail as we go through the show. First, is the capital has will the capital markets issues in terms of share price performance and valuations will that start to impact valuations uh, in the private markets and will 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 we'll be interested to see whether that's the case and also what is the outlook for that capital markets in terms of uh, this is this going to be a correction or are we going to see a much deeper uh, share price correction in tech stocks as we move through 2022 these are all the questions we'll try and answer as we go through the show So looking first at capital markets, uh, as I said previously, uh, it was a pretty horrible month, very horrible month, one of the worst for some time for tech stock share prices and markets generally during January. Um, The megabyte universe of about 150 UK listed tech stocks was down 11%. In, uh, in January, software was down a similar amount. ICT services, which is, as, as you some regular watchers of the show will remember, has significantly outperformed software over the last 12 months, actually took a bit more of a hit during January. But broadly, the indices were all down 10 to 12%. Um, and valuations followed suit. We saw the overall Megabyte Universe uh, valuation current year EV EBITDA valuation drop uh, about 10% to 17 times. And we're seeing software now on about 21 times and um, ICT services on about 14 times. Um, for context, the FTSE 250 was down 8%. So pretty horrible market overall, but tech stocks underperforming a weak market nevertheless. Similar picture on the other side of the Atlantic. Uh, the Nasdaq was down 10%. EV EBITDA uh, on average looking like about 18% on the Nasdaq right now. Um, and that's been that's down from the mid-20s last year. And most significantly, I think, this continuing massive pressure on very highly rated stocks as, um, as exemplified by the Bessemer Venture Partners, Nasdaq Cloud Index. This is an index of about 100 uh, high growth halo, SAS, primarily SaaS stocks. That dropped another 12% in January. Uh, so that and the, the EV sales multiple on that is now down to um, 14 times. And that was um, well into the 20, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> was well into the 20s uh, in the middle of last year. So that's almost halved the valuations there. So what's been causing this? Two key factors. Um, that are kind of a pincer movement, really, on tech stock valuations particularly. One is uh, the rotation as the as the real economy, if you like, recovers. Uh, there's been a rotation into, uh, into cyclical stocks and out-of-growth stocks. Um, and also there's been, as many of you will know, a pretty fundamental change of, ha- of heart from central banks uh, moving to quantitative easing, more to quantitative tightening, uh, particularly in the Federal Reserve. Um, You can't say you weren't warned, guys. This has been something that's been on the horizon for a long time. Um, As inflation starts getting higher and higher, um, uh, the central banks are having to uh, having to look to control that. Uh, The impact, obviously, on the stock market generally is 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 negative because there's a shift out of equities and into bonds typically and actually outflows of the market generally. Um, But particularly heavily on tech stocks, because uh, there is less uh, appetite for growth if interest rates are perceived to be on an upward trend. So that's all bad news. Um, and actually, I don't know whether it's you can specifically say the two are related. They're certainly partially related. There were no IPOs in the London market, as I said at the top of the show, um, in January, and three follow-on public offerings. The only one of any significance was Marlow PLC, a company I talked about extensively a couple of months ago, really interesting business services company, trying to, not trying, to be becoming a, a very interesting tech-enabled um, business with a lot of software acquisitions. They raised $131 million in a follow-on public offering. To part fund the acquisition of Optima Health, which was an exit for private equity firm CBPE, and I'll talk a bit more about that when we talk about M and A activity. What's the outlook for the capital markets as we go through twenty twenty two? I think uncertain is the word I would use. Uh, you know, the share price has actually stabilised, uh, stabilised at the end of uh, the end of uh, January, which suggests that the the immediate sort of volatility is sort of calming for now. But it's going to be a wild ride. I think this year we're going to see increased volatility, and I think that at the moment my estimation, my expectation is that we're going to probably see more of a soft landing to valuations than any kind of any kind of immediate harsh, very harsh correction. Uh, but you know that's 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 a that's a tough call right now, but that feels where we are right now, but we need to keep a close eye on things. So looking in a bit more detail at what's been going on in private equity, as I mentioned at the top of the show, there uh, were seven deals on our database registered on our database in the private equity world during January. That's down from nine uh, in January last year. And we are just seeing this sort of steadying of deal flow in private equity at around that kind of seven, eight, nine, ten 10 deals per month level that we were typically seeing pre-COVID. Um, What's interesting about this is the the sort of relative lack of MBOs, and I'll come and talk about that in a minute. But in terms of the overall deal sort of profile for the month, uh, we saw two ICT services deals and five software deals, one carve out Trustmark, very interesting deal. I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, five secondary buyouts and just one management buyout. Um, so, wh- why no? Why 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 the dearth of MBOs? I think it's I think there's a couple of factors going on here. First, I did I do think the comparables are quite challenging in the sense that we did see a heightened level of management buyout activity um, in the early part of 2021, uh, primarily around the um, expected uh, changes to capital gains tax, which of course never happened. So that was a that was a factor to make the comparables more difficult. But I do also think, and I've said this a few times on the show in the last few months, that the heightened level of M&A activity, particularly PE buy and build, um, is inevitably robbing the market of some original primary capital going into management buyouts. So I think those two factors are going to conspire to probably keep that MBO level a little bit lower. Um, than it was previously. And that's quite challenging for some of the lower mid market PE firms that, where uh, deal, competition for deals was already quite intense. So that probably has a positive impact on valuations, positive from a, from, a, uh, from a management team owner perspective, less positive from a private equity perspective. But it will be interesting to see how that plays out. Looking at a couple of deals in a little bit more detail, I think three deals I'd pick out in software that are worth mentioning RL Datix is a patient safety uh, software business. Nordic Capital added itself to the shareholder list there alongside. Existing shareholders TA, Associates, and Five Arrows, um, and we think about a 2.5 billion um, valuation on that deal. That's an estimate from us. It's been a fascinating story, uh, 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 RL Datix. It was a 23 million pound management buyout by Beaumark back in 2008. Um, right on the money at the five year point, uh, the Five Arrows um, invested in the business in 2013 at about a 45 million valuation. Ta Associates came on board as an additional shareholder in 2018. At what we think was a 200, roughly 220 million valuation, and then there's been lots and lots of M&A under that uh, during that period, including Allocate Software, big, uh, big UK uh, headquartered or relatively big mid-market UK headquartered software business, and so the business now comes to a uh, you know very substantial, almost what is that? 100 times what it was originally valued at. Is that right? Um, 23 million to 2.5 billion, 1,000 times. 100 times. Yeah, 100 times more than it was valued at in 2008. So very interesting, uh, very interesting sort of uh, journey for RL Data. and much lower profile than some of the other deals like Civica and Access and Iris. These businesses in that multi-billion pound valuation range now. It's interesting to that RL Data has been a bit, more, um, a bit more below the radar. Elsewhere, Loop Me was an interesting one. This is a, a digital advertising platform that BGF invested in uh, a few years back and has now been a uh, majority stake has been acquired by Mayfair equity partners at so what we think was about 145 million sterling valuation. Um, and that's sort of, you know, interesting kind of data point there. And um, interestingly, one of the reasons I wanted to mention this is because uh, um, our analyst Cameron uh, Naylor sort of picked out Bliss as a as a as a uh, as a close comp to uh, to Loop me that's a business that raised money uh, venture capital money uh, in um, um, 2018, I think several years ago, five years ago now, and um, has not raised money since and has moved from loss making to very solidly profit making, made nine million pounds EBITDA in the year, just gone. So we think that's a, a deal waiting to happen, probably private equity land or maybe trade as we go through 2022. Um, also within software, smaller deal, but I think quite interesting is RedStore, actually based around the corner from the Megabyte office in Reading. And Beachtree exited that business um, to Briegel Milestone for what we think was about 50 million. Interesting to see Briegel Milestone active in the UK tech market. And um, uh, this has been a very successful transformation for what was essentially an ICT services company into a software business, um, a basically a cloud data management platform. So congrats to the management team there. I know that's been a mission for them uh, and an interesting deal to get done. Last but definitely not least, to talk a little bit about Trustmark. Where do I start with Trustmark? So we've been tracking this business for well over a decade. And uh, it was a management by originally by LDC back in 2006. Then Dunedin invested in it in 2013. That didn't go so well. Um, and uh, it was effectively brought out of administration um, by um, endless private equity through its portfolio company, Liberator. And... Um, it is now, and then Capita acquired it a couple of years ago, and now One Equity Partners has bought it out of Capita again. So it's been carved out of Capita at 111 million. Uh, this is obviously, as you, as you probably know, it's, um, it's part of a, a wider divestment program that Capita has been uh, pretty successfully undertaking. Hard to triangulate the valuation of that deal. We think it was quite low, five to six. Five to six well, now we do know what it was. five to six times EBITDA uh, for the EBITDA number, we think. We think quite a lot of that EBITDA comes from capital internally, which is one of the reasons for the low valuation. Also, it is quite, it is quite a challenged business overall. It's, it's, it's a, it's, it has a very high level of seasonality and there's some challenges with the way, with the way it works with public sector and so on. But it's very interesting to see what uh, One Equity Partners does with Trustmark. Will they be acquisitive? That'll be interesting to see, because as you probably know, there's not much m and activity in the VAR market. So that'd be interesting to see if things get shaken up a bit, and generally just interesting to see PE in activity in VARs, which is pretty unusual these days. So some interesting deals just to talk you through there. In terms of the outlook for private equity, I don't see any particular reason why we should see any reduction in deal volumes as we go through 2022. There's still tons of capital chasing the market, and I don't see that changing. I think inevitably we're going to see some softening in valuations. Regular listeners will know what we talk about. 30 has been the new 20 for EV valuations of high-quality software businesses. That feels like that might somewhat this year. In terms of the only issue with PE funds flows, more of a long-term issue is, as as you may know, um, the the, um, funds allocated to private equity are often often allocated as a percentage of overall funds for pension funds. So in times of rising capital markets, uh, their proportion of uh, investments in, in quoted stocks automatically goes up, and they tend to raise their PE allocations to compensate for that to keep the percentage in PE equal or level. The reverse is true when stocks are falling. So over time, we might see lower uh, funds flowing out of pension funds and into into private equity, but I don't see that as a short-term concern. So overall, I'm not too concerned about the outlook for private equity, but I think we're going to see some softness in valuations as we move through 2022. So drilling in into a little bit more detail in what's been going on in venture growth capital in, in the last month. <clears throat> and as I mentioned at the top of the show, it was a really quite quite a quiet month for deal volumes. 26 deals registered on the database, down from 38, so down by about a third on the year previously, on January last year. Um, funds raised, however, up by over 50% to 1.7 billion, a massive month for funds raised. As you know, it's been running at about a billion a month for the last, for the last few months. And, um, and through most of 2021, actually. But the main driver of that growth was, in fact, the, the whole driver of that growth was a monster 700 and something, 735 million sterling billion dollar-ish raise from Checkout.com in the payment space. Without that, if you take that out from the deal flow, uh, deal uh, funds raise was down by about 12% in the year. So, so quite a quiet month for, for VC. It will be very interesting to see uh, whether that's the start of a weaker trend or whether it's just a bit of a blip during January. In addition to the checkout.com deal, there were another three uh, mega deals over 100 million raised during January. Borderlink, more money going into FTTP, fiber build out, 164 million. Zap in the uh, food delivery space, 150 million. Wave in autonomous vehicle software, at also just under 150 million. So, um, still lots of chunky deals going on. The the, the deal weakness was more in the earlier stage deals. In terms of sub sub segments, um, uh, pretty much a similar flow of what we've seen previously. A bit less in healthcare than we've seen. Enterprise was still busy. Um, ten deals, ten of the deals. So um, uh, you know, forty odd percent of the deals were enterprise as we've seen. In addition to, in addition to, uh, in, addition to um, uh, uh, in addition to some of the bigger deals we've seen elsewhere. Uh, Cognizant. This is in the data space hugely. Uh, hugely hot at the moment, the data space. Raised $64 million, dollars InstaDeep uh, $74 million, and lens in uh, $34 million, all in enterprise. Uh, business and consumer, uh, as you know, I've mentioned this a few times on the show the last few months. As the, as the real economy has all covered, we've seen more deal flow in, particularly in the consumer world, and obviously Zap and and, and, uh, and Waiver in those parts of the market. Um, uh, and the other big raise in that part of the market, also in food delivery, was Flipdish, 73 million raise. Fintech um, actually has been a bit quieter. Payments still is the big area within Fintech. Overall, Fintech has been a bit quieter in the last couple of months. In January, as well as, the, as well as the big raise from Checkout, massive raise from Checkout.com, global processing services also in payments raised $73 million. And while we're on the subject of, of the FTTP cable stuff I talked about, as well as Borderlink, we had a, uh, a, a chunky-ish raise, a $20 million raise from Lothian Broadband also in cable, uh, not cable, sorry, fibre. So what about the outlook? Um, as I said, it's hard to tell really from this month whether that represents a, uh, represents a uh, will represent the start of a weaker trend in venture capital. One of the interesting things I wanted to mention though in terms of valuations is, uh, going back to this Bessemer Venture Partners, which I always reference when I'm talking about the overall market performance, this is an index that a lot of the VC firms use as a valuation benchmark for uh, VC deals. And as I mentioned previously, it has halved, the valuation is halved and is now 14 times EV sales, albeit still a pretty healthy multiple, but it was well into the 20s, mid-20s, high 20s, um, six or nine months ago. And I can't help thinking that is going to have an impact on VC valuations um, over the next uh, period. Uh, actually, I don't necessarily see thing, see that as a bad thing. Regular listeners to the show will know that I've had some concerns for a while now about overheated VC valuations. If we can achieve a something of a soft landing for those and they come back to a bit more of a sensible level, then I think that will actually be a positive thing, um, and we will be very interested. I'll be very interested to see how that tracks, and of course, we'll bring you those details in this show every month as we go through. So that's a quick look at venture and growth capital. I'll finish the show this month, as I always do, with a look at M&A activity in the tech sector. So last but most definitely not least, uh, we will take a quick look at what's been going on in M&A in the UK tech sector during January. And there were 50 deals registered on our database in the month. Uh, It was up slightly on January 2021. And usual kind of split of software versus ICT services deals. 32 in software, 18 in ICT services. And I want to just touch on a couple of the the key deals in software and one that's worth talking about, which I mentioned at the beginning of the show in ICG services, which is Marlowe. Interestingly, a less active month, less active. I mean, enterprise software, as regular listeners will know, is... Of the one of the most active, if not the most active part of the uh, UK tech sector in terms of MA activity. And there were still a fair number of deals in the sector in that part of the market in, in January 13, deals in enterprise software, uh, about a third of the software deals, but actually um, a bit more than a third, more than 40% of the software deals, which is still quite a lot, but it has been higher than that in recent months. A um, couple of interesting deals to talk about in enterprise, uh, reward gateway in the employee benefits space, acquiring ex for 56 million, quite a lot of consolidation going on in that part of the market. Um, Germany-based, Tom Abravo backed Medallia, acquired Thunderhead, this is a a customer engagement software business, we think for about 175 million. It's quite interesting that one because the founder of of, um, Thunderhead uh, spun out uh, the business, the sort of what was effectively the core business, smart communications to Axel KKR a few years back for 157 million. And he's plowed an awful lot of that money into, uh, into, uh, into the, the Thunderhead, the go forward Thunderhead business in, in uh, customer engagement. So the price tag looks pretty chunky, but there has been a huge amount of investment gone into that business. Lots of consolidation there as well. So not a particularly surprising deal to be uh, in that consolidating customer experience space. Our Old Fend access group, busy again in January. Um, A bit of a chunkier one for them. Uh, Vincere, I think you pronounce it... um is a, a recruitment software business actually based in Singapore, which is interesting because that's not a target area really for Access, but it operates globally. Um, and uh, the, the, we're seeing the, the size of acquisitions, perhaps unsurprisingly, from Access Group nudging up as the size of that business overall um, obviously gets very significant. So that's a, an, an interesting look at the enterprise software deals. Also, interestingly, quite a big, quite a quite a busy deal. Uh, month for government healthcare software, converse to what I was saying. Conversely to what I was saying in uh, in in, um, in venture capital, quite busy in M and A this year. A couple of deals I'd highlight. PharmaLex acquired Flex Global. quite difficult to triangulate that valuation. We initially thought it was quite high, but further investigations suggest it wasn't the most amazing exit for, for Truvian, probably around 100 million, maybe a bit more. Um, that's in the document management space in pharmaceuticals. And software uh, acquired Prism ID. this is product identification and authentication software, also in the pharma space. We think that was about an 80 million uh, pound deal. So some interesting consolidation going on that part of the market. In ICT services really as I said just one deal to, to there's been you know 18 deals, there's a lot of activity, a lot of the usual consolidation activity, you know, Fluid One and SAS was quite interesting, a 20 million deal, um, you know, classic consolidation deal going on in ICT and telecom services. Marlowe just stood out for me because I'm just quite interested in this as a story. This is a, a rare example of a business services company becoming much more tech-enabled through M&A and uh, they've done a lot of M&A in the software space. They're focused on safety and compliance software and, and services, primarily initially in services, now more in software. They're quite Optima health for $135 million. This was funded by the following public offering I mentioned earlier in the show. Uh, we think about 12 and a half times EBITDA. So... Um, and, and this is in the, really around the sort of employee well-being market, Optima Health, and that's um, you know a significant area of growth in the post-COVID world. So a very interesting deal from Malla there, and you know market cap of that business touched a billion uh, and has come back a bit um, in the last few weeks with the sell-off, but uh, definitely one to watch. So what do we think about the outlook for M&A? Well, I think no significant change in, in, in deal activity because for the same reason, I think that PE activity is likely to stay rel- relatively robust. There are so many PE-backed businesses that are really dependent on doing M&A to get the returns they need that I think we're going to see a continuation of M&A as with other parts of the market. I do think there might be a, a slight uh, reduction in um, valuations. And the other area I think we might see a reduction in, one of the key themes from 2021, was uh, lots of um, international activity, M&A activity, particularly listed companies, G Group, GB Group, NCC, Craneware, and others, acquiring, particularly in the US, and tapping capital markets. Although Marlow raised a chunk of money and, and, uh, in January, so it's, it's clearly possible to raise money for um, M&A, I wonder whether we might see a bit more cautious uh, investor sentiment around uh, some of the very punchy multiples that we've seen in some of those deals, um, and a bit more caution about giving uh, public companies money to acquire it in the US. We'll see. Overall, though, I think the, uh, the, the activity levels are set to be pretty high still as we go through 2022, just as in other places, maybe a little bit of softness in valuation. So that's it for the show this month. Um, January got off to a bit of a rocky start in the UK tech sector, but activity levels still pretty strong. And um, I'll obviously be updating you on, on how this um, uh, plays out over the coming months. It's going to be very fascinating to see how the macro situation impacts and, and sort of whether the macro impact has has a dampening effect on what is still a very, very strong uh, and, and vibrant growth environment for tech stocks. And we'll be reporting on that as we go through 2022 and look forward to that. Until next month, thank you very much for listening and stay safe.